you're listening to Going Places. I'm your host, Kara Orbell. I initially started this podcast to learn more about the ins and outs of travel. Eventually, I discovered there's so much more to a person than where they go. My goal is to learn more from people who are going places. I've interviewed community leaders, entrepreneurs, veterans, authors, and experts who tell fascinating stories and give amazing advice. Thanks for tuning in, and I can't wait to see where you go. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Going Places. I'm your host, Carolyn Orbell, and today I'm talking to Ryan Cunningham. Ryan is the yoga studio owner of Flow Yoga, and she is a yoga instructor specializing in yoga for athletes and mobility training. She has the amazing pleasure of working with professional athletes, including the Green Bay Packers, and she's the author of Yoga for Athletes. So I'm really excited to have her on today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. (laughs) So can we just get started with the very beginning? What was it like growing up for you? Um, Well, I grew up with a single mom and I'm an only child. So I want to say like, you know, but I was really close with my aunt and uncle and my cousins. So it's not like I, you know, was like an only child brat or anything like that. Like, I, like my mom did not have a lot of money, you know, so we grew up in, a, I grew up in apartments and, you know, it's like as a child, like I, I was more of a tomboy. So I would, I just played outside all the time and I didn't really like, you know, like where I lived or clothes I wore never mattered to me. So I wasn't like a materialistic person and nor as a child, I don't think you realize any of that. But um, I want to say like, I kind of grew up in very humble beginnings. I was a tomboy. That's what I was (laughs) climbing trees and jumping out of trees. (laughs) That's funny you say that. I'm an only child too. And I feel like I always have to say that. Like I wasn't a brat though. I promise. Like I wasn't (laughs) raised like that. So I love that you say that too. (laughs) I care because a lot of, it is a stigma, you know, and really like I grew up with a, a cousin that was older than me, I think eight years older than me. And then, and he, you know, he was an athlete and just a boy. And then my cousin, Carrie is a year and a half younger than me. So her and I were always together. So I kind of felt like I was the middle child in a way, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I I, I was able to go home to my mom, you know what I mean? Kind of be babied by my mom. So (laughs) I was, I was probably spoiled with love, not thing. That's what I always say. Oh, I love that. So When did you first discover yoga then? Well, I grew up with an aunt who is a yogi. Okay. And so like our, my entire childhood was her trying to get us to do yoga and, you know, always talking about it and none of us really liked it or cared about it or wanted to do it. So (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't a, I didn't get into yoga until I was probably out of high school, but I had done it. And then, you know, taking classes. But my aunt was probably the the beginning of my yoga. Always kind of like subconsciously sliding that in our brains as children. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. When did you get your teacher certification then? How did that journey start for you? Kind of with my aunt still. But like what... When I was in high school, I played sports. So she was constantly like, you got to go, go to yoga class, go, go to yoga. And I did. And I'm going to be straight up. I hated yoga. I hated it. I was not impressed with it. I, cause I was a, I was, you know, as an athlete, you're always on the go. And when you're on the go, like your schedule is planned for you. 
and um, like you do school and you 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 study your 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 games and your plays and stuff like that. So like to go to a yoga class and stretch, I'm like this is like pointless to me. You know, I didn't I wasn't impressed with it. But it took me a couple of years and then I started doing it. And then my aunt sent me to training and I loved it. I actually ended up, I think, I think what it was is like in the very beginning, I wasn't like excited about it because it wasn't an active, like a, there was no ball involved and there was no like team teamwork going on here. And I didn't, my brain wasn't clicking with that. So once I was out of high school and started like, you know, going to college and you know, going to get my certification is when I realized like, okay, there could be more to this. So I think that's why when I figured out my niche is how I think I started liking it more. Basketball and volleyball were my two main ones and track was just a sand shape. Yeah. Yeah, So runner, basketball, volleyball, those are my top two. Okay. And you work with football athletes mainly, but do you get to work with other professional athletes in different sports as well? Um, I hockey players, NHL players, and I have NBA players too. But oh. NBA players, it's just that there's not there's no NBA players here in Green Bay. So I don't really get to they've come up to see me here in Green Bay, but it's not regular. I said I don't get to see them, but the NHL hockey players are two that live here in Green Bay. So that when they're they're off season they come to me. So how did you discover that niche? So when I was, okay, so when I started teaching after my certification, so literally it's 20 years this month, I I got my certification 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah, so it's been that long. But um, when I came back to Green Bay after my training, I started teaching and just kind of like just, you know, going with the flow of things of, how you know, what I was taught, the studio I was teaching at was an Ashtanga-based studio and a vinyasa studio. So I, you know, would take those classes. I would teach my style. And what ended up happening, what I noticed is I naturally attracted athletes to my classes. Okay. And I don't know why. So I don't know why that was at first, but I think what I, what I was able to do is as students were coming to me and I'm like, oh, so you're training for a triathlon. You know, so I'd be like, okay, what's your, what are you working on this week? And it would be like, well, I've got like a hundred miles. I need to cycle or 200 miles. I need to practice this week for the, for the Ironman or triathlon or something. And so I would in my brain be like, okay, well, I think I could come up with something, a sequence for you to, you know, to implement into your yoga to help you maybe be better at it or stay injury free. And like the students were like loving that. And it, it just started to come easy to me to be able to do that, mm-hmm. you know, apply the anatomy with the yoga pose to a sport and mm-hmm. like people just loved it. And like, I just noticed that I was, you know, my new classes were like full and I would just mm-hmm. get all these athletes coming to me, runners, you know, marathon runners and just weekend warriors. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, uh, I, that's kind of like where it all just started with, um, having that natural, I don't know, attraction of athletes that came to my classes. So it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I went to your classes in like 2018, the first thing you would ask everyone was, how are you feeling? And what do you want to work on today? And that really affected me before I got my training. Cause I was like, wow, she's really just 
so tuned in to the people she works with. I thought that was so cool. And that's, you know, and it's, to this day, even with all my pros, that's the first thing I do is I ask them that question, but I also observe their body. So even though I'm listening to the answer, like I'm looking, I mean, I would, and I did this to all my students, even in the yoga for athletes classes, I always would just look at how they're walking and their gait and their posture. And, and so even though they're telling me that their hips are tight, I would look at their shoulders, you know, cause if there's something, if it is hips, it's, it, you know, maybe they need to open up their chest more or something or their low back's tight. So there's always like a connection to the anatomy. So that's why I ask because they're going to tell me one thing, but there's also going to be a counter, you know, a cross body or something that we have to like focus on too. So yeah, I'm very anatomy based in my brain. So that's why like, I, I have to see and hear in it in order to apply. That's where I can like be better at the, the, the class. And a lot of times I just, even the classes that you came to, I would have an idea what I wanted to do, but if half the class is coming in with the same thing, then I would have to wipe that out and create a, another class in my head really quick, you huh. know? So, yeah. Is there a common thing that you see among athletes? Like when they walk in, do you notice something normally like a common trend? You know, I'm going to say it's not just with athletes, it's across the board with our society is you know, like what we do now with our world is our world is like this, okay. you know, like text, we type, we're driving. So I want to say like, it's just trying to get people to like open up their chest, open up their back, even stretch out their abdomen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where our society starting to like round in general and it's literally it's everyone it's not just athletes it's not just you know like anyone that goes to regular yoga classes everybody is doing that and that's something that I really try to teach all athletes everyone like you know to stand up tall try to you know open up your chest and stand up tall um and you're doing restore to fish that's probably my favorite pose with the yoga block or a foam roller that's literally like what I always tell everyone just lay lay down on a foam foam roller and just put your arms out to the side, you know? So that's just across the board. Can you tell me like a specific story or like a specific example of working with your athletes? Um, I will say like probably one in particular um, is Robert Tanyan. He is the tight end for Green Bay. And, um, he, he is definitely probably, he's one of my, um, most, most on, on the yoga side, spiritual on the yoga side. Now there's different spiritualities in in all cultures and all of our lives, but with him, um, he really takes yoga and his meditations very seriously. Mm. So like, he really knows how to, um, incorporate a meditation while like, you know, as I'm giving him a massage, he incorporates his meditations in that, um, you know, when it, we will do the yoga practices. So he does come to the group yoga, but he also does two days outside of group yoga of just his own practice with me. Hmm. So we'll do that. And then a really deep meditation. And I incorporate, uh, uh, singing bowls, like my Tibetan bowls and all of that. And that's like new. Well, I kind of forced that on him. <laughs> I was like, can I practice? <laughs> he was like, sure, go ahead. And now he's like, let's do those every week. <laughs> oh, no. So it's, which was great because I need to practice on somebody 
and he's just open and willing to have me do that and it's just been a blessing like I'm always like so grateful but he's so open on the spiritual side that you know like it's easy for him and I to have like these conversations you know just talking about yoga talking about spirituality our meditations and how it's helped us get better like me as a yoga instructor and him as a professional athlete you know and then on top of that he's really grounded himself so well that he has started to like share his his process of how meditation and yoga is within the locker room and so now guys are also starting to incorporate meditation in their massages you know meditation at the end of the yoga practice and they want to take it seriously because they know the effects, like how positively it affects their brains and their nervous systems and how much it makes them clearer for game day and grounds them. So they're not, you know, anxious, you know, balls of like anxiety on Sunday, you know, they don't have that anymore. Now they're taking themselves and using the breath work and their meditations and just calming their nervous systems before a game. You know, and then when they hit the field, that's when the adrenaline's hit and they just go, but they're clear and they're grounded for, for game day, mm-hmm. you know? So he's really been a catalyst to the, to the locker room to really encourage other guys to find their own path with their own meditations and come, you know, bringing new guys into yoga and just be like, just come try it. You know, yeah. he's been, he's been a huge, a huge role model within the locker room with his spirituality and yoga practice. So he's been, he's been quite the, um, I want to say like when it comes to it, the last probably three, four years now, he's, I see him four times a week. So he really that dedicated and devoted and he only always wants to get better. And that's like the athlete mentality. Like you always want better. And that's what I love. And when I start seeing progress with, them and like even when classes you come to I mean you saw me when I see progress like I'm excited I'm yeah. like oh my god look at I'm like everyone look at this you know <laughs> like, yeah I'm, I'm like everyone's cheerleader on top of their coach you know and I'm like oh my god I get excited and they still yeah. do like that's what I loved that's my favorite part of like teaching and huh. when I see the growth through meditation like Robert has he's really the last four years has just just gone deep with it and and loves it so it's fun he's that person that is he's quite the role model quite the role model internally Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that story that's amazing he's yeah and he's a he's an amazing human being amazing like he's always like as he's walking up to to come to my studio he's always waving everyone he's like just he's just nice ever like that's true how he is yeah he's a great human being do you think his awareness to spirituality makes him better at yoga? Like, do you think that's definitely tied? Yes, it does. Um, because he takes it so seriously mm. and truly, cause he, he enjoys the meditation. He enjoys, you know, like when I, especially when I challenge him in a yoga pose, like I could, I can see him like, I can just see him stay focused, but then he gets calm. He doesn't fight, you know, like he stops for a second. And then as I take him into a yoga pose a little bit deeper, he he just, he surrenders. And then, you know, it's, he incorporates that spirituality with his yoga practice and he, yeah, 
definitely. He's yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. That's incredible. (laughs) It's it's fun. It's cool. Like he's, 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 I, I learned from him a lot too. So it's really cool to have someone that interested in what, you know, the yoga and the the meditation and spirituality, because all of us, like as we evolve, it's nice to have someone tell you their stories that are positively helping them and it, you know, and vice versa. And you just kind of each other, it's like, we all lift each other up from that. Mm-hmm. We all do, you know, and we learn and grow and be like, Hey, you got to check out this book. I just, this amazing book, you know? And yeah. so it's nice to share these ideas that have helped me and, and him and you as well. Like, it's just nice to have that community yeah. and each other, like just only, get clearer, get more grounded and elevate even higher, you know? Yeah. That's incredible. So how did you decide to write your book yoga for athletes? When did that occur on your journey? I never thought I would ever write a book. If I did, I always wanted to write a children's book, but like so the book that I ended up writing was because I had a, a, a small bit in yoga journal with, with Randall Cobb. And my editor saw that and she's the one that reached out to me to write the book. So that's how the book came about was her seeing that. So mm-hmm. that's, that's really the journey to how, it, how that started. How so, was yeah. that process for you? Like, what was it like writing a book? I mean, that must've taken so much it time. Was the biggest challenge of my life. My biggest challenge, hands down harder. Like I, I don't, I'm not a person who really enjoys school. I was the athlete, okay. not the grade A student girl, but I never enjoyed school. And I thought school was the hardest thing for me. Writing a book was hard. And when I say that it not hard, it was the most challenging because it's so time consuming. It's very tedious work. And then on top of that, I own two businesses. So it was a lot going on in those two years, but I loved it. I did love it. And it is rewarding when it's done. And it's, I, and I feel like when I say it, it's a life reward to myself, you know, that's my biggest achievement I want to say in life. Wow. That's so yeah. cool. So I'm proud of it, you know, and very, very honored that I was asked. I didn't have to seek out, you know, so, but I, it was fun. It was a hard journey though. For me, it was hard, you know, but it was fun. You know, when you have to work for an editor, it's like they have ways that they want things done. Yeah. And I wanted things to be done too my way. So there's constant compromising, you know, with the editing, with the book world and the yoga world. So there were some ups and downs with it. <laughs> Interesting. So let's dive into your businesses. So you own Flow Yoga Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. You started it in 2012, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Yes. 10 years ago, November 5th. Yes. <laughs> so why did you decide to open a yoga studio in De Pere? Um, so I was working. So when I got done with my 200 hours 20 years ago, I... I got a job at a studio here in Green Bay. And so I worked there and I got my 500 hours there um, for 10 years. So it really was, it's a, it, it's a great studio, beautiful studio, a lot of great teachers. Um, I personally didn't feel I was truly myself as a teacher. Okay. So I chose 
the real the, and again I was there for 10 years and I learned a ton but I needed to break away to really find my own voice and when I did do that is when like life just blossomed even more and I found my voice found my confidence and not not mm-hmm. that I'm I didn't have the confidence I, the studio was that just it had ways that you you taught and that's how you teach and you know for me I was like that just wasn't my personality it wasn't you know like truly coming from my heart so I wanted to be able to teach my way that I felt that was just my voice my heart you know me teaching the way I would like to teach you know so that's why I left and opened up my studio but I ended up being a little bit bigger of a studio than I had planned on and (laughs) so you know which is not a bad thing but um I didn't want to have a big studio and compete with all the other all the other uh, studios Mm -hmm. but now um it just evolved that way you know yeah so what was it like with the studio? I mean, it's been 10 years. What are what are your highs for having the studio? I think just having um, the freedom to teach what I wanted, um, be myself, have my own voice, have my confidence fully. Probably some lows that were a part of it is just, you know, like there's, um, there's I felt like there's always competition. Mm-hmm. And as an ex-athlete, I'm very competitive. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was hard for me to have to have a balance of, you know, being competitive, but not being too forceful, you know, to have to win, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I'm like, that's not very yoga-like, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, I was like, kind of having this little battle in my, in my heart and my brain and my soul. Mm. Like, all right, like, don't get too competitive. There's no winning with this. Let's just, you know, so it was, it was a hot, there was challenges. Yes. There were quite challenges, but they were growing. It helped me grow to be, you know, more humble and more, um, more chill. Yeah. Go with the flow more. (laughs) (laughs) Is that where the name comes from? The name actually came to me in a dream. So I, yeah, so I named it Flow Yoga Studio and I'm not going to lie. Like I had this conversation with one of my clients the other night that I thought my studio's name was supposed to be because of like, like a vinyasa flow, you know, like flowing. So partly yes, but I also think it's also, um, on the spiritual side, you know, you know, on the spiritual side of talking, it means to go with the flow, just flow. Don't force, just flow. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I feel like in my evolution of life, that's where I'm thinking why my my studio's name is why it's named Flow Yoga Studio. Flow, just go with the flow. (laughs) Don't force anything. (laughs) So as an ex-athlete, that's really hard to learn, but now I'm I'm chill. Now I'm like, ah, no, just gonna chill. (laughs) How did you learn that? Cause I think that's something I struggle with even today as a yoga teacher. Like, how did you fully learn to accept that meditation? Okay. hundred percent meditation. It's the game changer. I think like it's our lifestyle of when you get into a, a routine and a habit and 
be, you know, of meditating daily, you know, and there's times like I'll meditate multiple times a day. I really enjoy my brain being able to slow down to once when I meditate, my brain slows down, my nervous system slows down, I slow down mm-hmm. and really gets you more clear, gets you grounded. Um, you know, so I feel that that's how I can let go more mm-hmm. having all those qualities and just literally just kind of go with the flow and listen to my intuition. So once you meditate more, like it helps to clear you, clear your blocks and it helps your, you know, to listen to your intuition a little bit more and follow that. And it's interesting when you start doing that, how life is a little bit more smoother, a little bit more calm. It's not quite turbulent. Um, so meditation. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so powerful and it's cool that you learned that and that you were able to do that and that changed your life really. It, it is one of those things that, you know, I, it's, I always tell people too, cause some people are like, well, I can't sit that long or I can't like, I can't shut my brain off. And it's, and I just tell everyone, especially like athletes too, um, there is no right or wrong way to meditate. It's really just finding the right way to meditate for you. So, you know, I like marathon runners, like I tell them, like, make your run your meditation. Hmm. And a lot of them are like, well, I already do that. Like, then you're already meditating. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's just, it's really interesting. Like, then they're like, oh, oh yeah. You know, but it's finding what's right for you. Hmm. So uh, when I know a common thing for people who haven't tried yoga is to be like, oh, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga or use an excuse. Is that something that you've ever had with your clients where they were really reluctant to start? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think that's why, like with the, with my athletes, that's why I kind of created the style of yoga for athletes that I did is because of that, because of just, I'm not flexible enough, you know, like it's not going to help my sport or me or any of that. So that's where I, you know, kind of like I take out the sun salutations because they're not coming in for another workout. They're coming in because they're in for a purpose and that's for their bodies and for their position. So like the football players, the Packers, they're coming in for the position because they want to be better. Mm-hmm. They always want to be better. Like what's going to help me get better. Yeah. And you know, but if they're coming off of a, a, a practice and they're seeing me, they don't want another workout. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to come in for the purpose, but don't, you know, does that make sense? Like this yeah. is not going for like another workout. They're coming in like, like, okay, let's do this, you know? <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, so we have to do some movement, but it's, uh, it's not like going to be like a, like a flow class or a vinyasa class or a power class or anything like that. Like I kind of take out all the workouts and we just get to the point of their position on the field with yoga poses and, you know, aligning them up with the anatomy of their body. So that's kind of like that purpose right there. Yeah. That's why. 
you have the coolest job. I think that is amazing. That is awesome. It is my dream job. I have my dream job hundred percent right now. Yes. Took 20 years to get here, but I'm here. That's amazing. Oh, are you a Packer fan? Oh, absolutely. I'm a Packer fan, but like, it's funny because like, you know, these guys all come to me that, you know, I actually had a new player today who is very well known and I've never seen him before. And today I saw him and I was literally like, oh, it's just, you know, like another, just a, one of the, one of the, one of my guys, you know, like he's just one of my guys. Huh. So it's, it's the fan in me when I see them in person is over here. Okay. I, they're my student or they're my client, you know, it's, uh, I can easily separate it. Mm-hmm easily. So to me, they're another person that is an athlete that is coming to me for me to help them. Yeah. Are Okay. I have a question. Are yeah. Packer players as diehard fans for like the Packers as the fans are that, you know, like, does that make sense? Um, you know, it's funny because like sometimes, sometimes okay. like some of them have opened up to me about saying that they grew up when they were kids yes they were Packer fans yes and they're playing on the team that they grew up watching which can be rare Mm -hmm. but then you got other guys that were fans of you know other teams but they knew about Green Bay everyone knows Green Bay the Green Bay Packers and Lambeau and all of that like you will you across the board even in you're in Utah right right now you can literally ask anyone like that is a football fan there have you know do you know the green bay packers they'll be like yeah but like most likely a lot of times you're like yeah someday it's like my dream to go to lambeau huh most people i'm not lying a lot of people know about lambeau a lot of people know even if they're a packer fan or not they're like we just want to go to lambeau huh it's just kind of like a cool thing that that i've observed so a lot of these guys even though they grew up not being packer fans working here is a is a career dream to come true for them it's so cool it's so cool it's like you know like a check off their life list (laughs) so yeah that's like the cool part of it yes I think that's so cool because you get to be immersed in that community which is really interesting yeah well it's like it's a team like you know like they're on a football team Mm -hmm. I'm a part of a team of um their well-being so Mm -hmm. like I do the massage the yoga, the meditation, the mobility, and then they have chiropractors. They've got um, physical therapists. They have dry needling people, you know, like wow. acupuncture. Like they have a line. I'm a part of a group of their wellness. So that's like, you know, even though I'm an individual in her own space, I'm not at a, I'm not at the facility. They all come to me. So, and I, and I, I just heard, I just, someone asked me this too. I do not have a contract with the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Packer players come to me on their own. So mm-hmm. it's been word of mouth for many years. So they, yeah, they come to me and um, that's kind of how that's evolved. Yeah. I love that. How has your evolution of teaching changed within the 10 years, 20 years of teaching athletes? Because you talked about that a little bit, but has it really changed even since then? 
you know what I want to say is what I've probably in the last 10 years have made a, a greater effort is improving on my cueing. Mm, okay. So like my words and when I teach, so since the pandemic, I haven't gone back to teaching to the public. I've only, now I only teach to the Packer players. Um, but before the pandemic, I always made a point to make my cueing very precise and clear and very in um, that, but also integrating, teaching my students anatomy, human anatomy. So like when we're doing like, you know, certain poses like triangle pose, I'll say. Um, in my book, I use triangle pose as a hamstring stretch where some people are like, huh, like how, you know? So it's, 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 I would teach people that, okay, well, you know, we're gonna, you're gonna move your hip this way to get them into the pose. And I would get them into the pose and be like, okay, so if you press on the ball of your big toe, you should feel your middle hamstring. People are like, there's only one hamstring. I'm like, no, there's three. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, people are like, what, really? So I would educate people. So that's how my evolution was to not only teach yoga, but really just teach people more about their own bodies. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that, that's probably my top two in the last 10 years in my queuing, making sure it was very clear and precise. And yeah. That's really cool. I love the queuing part. I think that's my favorite part of teaching, but it's also the most challenging part for me, which is really interesting. But yeah. Depending on the class, it can be very challenging. You know, it's a style of class, like, you know, a yin class to a vinyasa flow class, you know, it's a, yes, that can get very challenging. But I always tell myself like, you know, I like to challenge myself. So mm. always tell yourself that's great for your brain because hmm. you're, you're learning and you're teaching yourself and your brain. Um, you know, you're, you're just, you're get, you're only getting better when you challenge yeah. yourself, even though it could be a, a minute of a hard class that you're struggling through verbally, mm-hmm. but you're challenging yourself and you're still trying and that's how you get better. Mm. You know, so that's, that's what I'd always try to uh, strive for, for myself as an instructor to challenge myself to only get better. Like even today, I'm always, I'm always reaching out to my teachers to be mm-hmm. like, okay, like, what can I do? Like, I'm always continuing to learn. Mm-hmm. I don't ever feel like I know enough and yoga. They always say in a yoga pose, a yoga pose never ends. Mm-hmm. So our education will never end as yoga instructors. So we have to keep, keep learning, keep growing. So, yeah, I love that. That's awesome. How has your personal practice evolved? You know, it's, it, it's evolved. Uh, I want to say like, it, it's, it has its ups and its downs. And when I say ups and downs, my, I call my ups is when I'm really doing like, like I, with my teacher, I do Dharma yoga and, um, and, uh, why am I, um, rocket yoga. So those are like the two that I, I will practice with my teacher and those can get pretty challenging. So the dark, the, the rocket yoga is a stem off of a shanga. So what my officer, like when I'm hitting those hard, mm-hmm. so that's, you know, it's, it's, you're moving a lot more, you're, you're challenging your body. Then when I say like downs and not like down in a negative way, I slow my practice down, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll do more of like, um, hatha, yin yoga for and when I say yoga for athletes it's because it's not the 
put your foot behind your head type, you know, (laughs) (laughs) type of yoga. Um, but it's, it's more on the, let's just kind of move and flush the body and that kind of stuff. So I want to say it it, it evolves by the time, like, however I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. um, I, I will either push myself or I just want to have more of like a calm practice and there's no right or wrong, you know, it's just more of like, what do you need to focus on mm-hmm. practice? I love that. What style of yoga is the most challenging for you? Ashtanga. Okay. That one is, hmm. but I don't really, I don't practice Ashtanga anymore. I practice the rocket, mm-hmm. which is them off of Ashtanga. And that's challenging too. Huh. But for whatever reason, I like that one a little, I like that one a little bit better than Ashtanga. I like that the most challenging one, like you're doing a stem of it and that's your favorite as well. I think that's really cool. Huh. It's it's a, maybe because I've done Ashtanga, you know, for like the 10 years I, I, I worked at that studio. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is like a fresh new thing that I'm still learning. That's still in the traditional yoga. I like traditional yoga. So it's still into the traditional, the lines of the traditional practice. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why I think I just like to follow that one a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So what are your goals? You've had 10 years of flow yoga. You're doing yeah. your dream job. What are your goals? Honestly, I don't have any. <laughs> I love <laughs> not that. To sound like, not to sound like, you know, not humble or anything. No. Um, I think I'm just really trying to slow down in life a little bit with like it, it, it was a lot of work and a lot of effort I had to put in to be where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm just trying to rest more because now I have more time to rest mm-hmm. and enjoy like life, like going out to lunches with my friends that I've never really been able to do before mm-hmm. and enjoy what I have. Like I, I've, it took the pandemic for me to finally be 110% doing my dream job, which is working with the Packer players, Mm -hmm. um, that I think I'm just living in the moment and I'm a goal oriented person. So yes, that has been a struggle (laughs) (laughs) So to not be able to answer your question. It does bother me, but I'm like, I just don't, I'm just trying to go with the flow. (laughs) Go with the flow. (laughs) Um, so no, I, I think I'm just, I think the pandemic has also created that with me too, that slowing down a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, embrace the moment more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and just living my dream career as long as I can. I don't know how long it'll, that these guys will have me be their yoga instructor for. <laughs> so I'll just take it as long as they'll let me teach them. <laughs> That's awesome. That is yeah. so cool. So, okay. I only have a few more questions, but what advice would you give to someone who's never done yoga before? Um, to try it, definitely try like a yin class, try a beginner class. I think like, you know, as us as yoga instructors, like we always feel so good after we practice and it's that feel good feeling why we keep going back to it. So I think I would just love to tell people, like, if you enjoy that feel good feeling, try yoga, you know, like that's definitely worth it. I love that. 
Okay. I have one more question and I ask all of my guests this, um, and it's kind of a hard question, but if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you not go? Where would I not go in the world? Mm-hmm. Not like when I say this is just probably because this is why I don't watch the news, but probably right now, not China. <laughs> okay. That's a good answer. I get that a lot. You know, um, yeah. I, I love happiness and positivity and unity and there's parts of this world unfortunately that don't have that mm-hmm. you know so and it's funny because I want to see the great wall of China <laughs> <That's the> only- <laughs> yeah someday I'd love to go there and see that mm. but um yeah I wouldn't want to I don't know yeah good answer where would you go um I think like where would I love to go like New Zealand I'd love to go Japan that's a place definitely a place I'd love to go. Um, I don't know. I'm a world traveler. So I'm always like open to anything, you know, like I, I want to go to Italy. I think next year I want to go to Italy. That's probably like the food. I just want to go there and have really good food and wine. (laughs) And I feel like that's like the best place in the world to get food, great food, healthy, you know, like you can go there and just enjoy life and the Europeans know how to eat in vacation and live their best life. And I love that lifestyle. I love that. I love yeah, that. You're I'm living happy. your best career. You're going to Italy. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so are you meditating? Yeah, I'm doing my meditation training right now. So I really enjoy it. Yeah. So I've been, um, it's definitely an on and off thing for me. I would say like, I definitely, it comes in waves. So I'm working on consistency. And I think a lot of my meditation right now comes from my running actually, but I, yeah, so it's, it's different and a lot of journaling too. So it's like, I'm not doing the traditional meditation that everyone thinks, but I'm okay with that. And I'm, it kind of comes in waves and sometimes that really calls to me, but sometimes it doesn't. So yeah. You're still like, that's still, that's really good though. You're still doing the work. It's still your work, your, your journey. I love that. Yeah, no, that's perfect. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This was such an amazing conversation. That was my interview with Ryan Cunningham. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. Ryan is truly such a role model to me as a yoga teacher and just an amazing human being. I actually had the opportunity to work at Flow Yoga while I was in school at St. Norbert, and it's truly like a second home to me. It's such a great studio with a fun culture, and I encourage you to check it out if you're in the Green Bay area. If you like this episode, I encourage you to check out my other interviews. I have amazing guests, entrepreneurs, community leaders, athletes, amazing human beings like Ryan. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I can't wait to see where you go. Bye!